good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. wanted to have a great joke to start this talk today, but alas, <laughs> nothing, would, nothing would come. <laughs> so it, but you know, it gets funny later. <laughs> so all this month, we have been talking about abundance, and we've been talking about it on Sundays and on Wednesdays, and we have been discovering the true, that true abundance is an inner quality that is often reflected to us by our outside world. We gauge how we're doing by what manifests in our physical world. And there's nothing wrong with that unless we get so caught up in tallying up all of the material goods that we forget about our inner life. And finding that balance is really important. Norman Vincent Peale said one of my favorite things, and he said, if you're going in one direction and God is going another, you're tearing yourself apart. In other words, divinity is an integral part of us and when we're not connected, we are pulling ourselves in different directions. We're pulling ourselves apart. And the trick, of course, is to learn not, not how to walk in two worlds, but to integrate the material and the spiritual and be fully human. And we somehow seem to be uncomfortable with being fully human. That's why we're here. It isn't easy for us, but that is why we work to transform ourselves into the highest versions of ourselves. And you know, the highest version of yourself doesn't mean that you are this elevated person who never gets touched by anything in this world. It's like at this moment, you're all probably the best version of yourself right now. And in a little while, it might not be so much, and then it'll come back. It's, a, it's, it's a flexible, it's a spectrum. <laughs> we put too much pressure on ourselves, I think, sometimes when we're talking about that. But here, today, we're talking about where our prosperity originates. How does abundance appear in our lives? I mean, where does all this stuff come from? The short answer is that everything comes from our consciousness. Everything is consciousness. Now, one of my earliest lessons, I was fairly new in New Thought, probably a year or so, and I had moved away from where there was a church, so I was doing it on my own. And finances were very tight. My husband at the time and I had just moved to a new town, and there are all those deposits you put down on, on, on utilities and everything. And so I was really hoping to get the refund. You know, if you paid your bill on time for a while, then you'd get a refund, and we needed that refund. And so as we got closer to that possible time, I started working up an affirmation, and I tried to speed it up. And so I started doing this affirmation saying, something from the electric company will be in the mail today. 
And I said this for about, I don't know, every day for about a week or so. And then one day I went to the post office and lo and behold, there it was, an envelope from the electric company. Of course, you know it was a bill. <laughs> Not the refund. But the affirmation worked, right? Because <laughs> I said something, I got something. And of course, it came very shortly after that, but that showed me where I was. And I realized that not only did I need to be more specific, but trying to make something happen my way was probably not the answer either. And that I still had my own work regarding my relationship with abundance. And so the first step was to go back to the basic prosperity teachings of Charles Fillmore. And he says in uh, his book on prosperity, he says, that all manifest substance flows from a realm of light waves, according to the findings of modern physical science. Now, he wrote that probably in the 20s or 30s. So we know now that he, yes, absolutely. And then he says, one or more light par particles form the atom that is the basis of all material manifestation. God, ideas, then are the source of all that appears. And see, the thing is, is we can't see those light waves or particles. In fact, we don't ever actually see light. Everything we see is reflection. So until something manifests in what we consider to be a material form, it only exists in our minds. So why do we have trouble <laughs> with this? And manifestation, though, takes many forms. I mean, you may have to go down to Walmart or Costco to pick up the thing you needed, but the desire or the need showed up in your consciousness first. And it makes sense that we begin to look to the outer for a confirmation of abundance because that is where we can see it and touch it and it becomes real to us. But that outward look also shifts our attention away from that inner flow. And this is when we start to think of one specific place or one specific person as the source to our abundance. And it's also where we start unconsciously li limiting ourselves because we judge by what we already have or what we don't, don't have or we engage in all of those shoulds in life. I should have this, I should this, I should that. So we get caught up in what I call the onlys. And the onlys are things like, this job is my only support source of income or support. If I lose this job, I will lose everything. Lots of jobs out there. Lots of sources of income. I don't like my doctor, but he is the only one who can help me, so I'm going to stay with a doctor I do not like. This dysfunctional relationship is the only one I've ever had, so I can't leave because I may end up alone. It's a case of the onlys. The online map says that this is the shortest route to take. Therefore, it is the only one, even though it takes, us through, takes me through the middle of L.A. at rushed hour. <laughs> now, we laughed at that last one, but because we know there are lots of roads and there are lots of choices. There's lots of ways to get from point A to point B. But the point is, is that we get so focused on what is directly in front of us that we forget to look around and open to other ideas. It's like living in a town that only has two streets, east and west and north and south. And if you stay on those two streets, you only see so much of the town. 
But if you step off the street and wander maybe between the buildings or go out and walk across the field, you encounter all kinds of newness, all kinds of different things. Now, one of my favorite stories about manifestation is the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. This is in the book of Matthew. Now, someone had died, and they went and told Jesus, and Jesus went off by himself for a while. And when he came back, a whole crowd had heard, the, heard about this, and they had gathered. And this is, the, this is the passage. And when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, they need not go away you give them something to eat. And they replied, but we have nothing but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, bring them here to me. And then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. All ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. And we'll come back to that in a minute. <laughs> How did that happen? According to Fillmore, Jesus asked them to break down into companies. And then there was quite a lot of preparation before the demonstration began. There was recognition of the seed ideas, the loaves and fishes carried by the small boy. There was a prayer of thanks for the supply. And then it was blessed, and only then did they eat. Feeding 5,000 people is a big deal. But there are obviously more than 5,000 people because of all of those besides women and children hanging around. <laughs> so how many people were there really? If you think about that, it was an enormous crowd. It's kind of more than 5,000. And of course, we know that numbers in the Bible, the, the Christian Bible, are exaggerated, well, even the Hebrew Bible, they're exaggerated a lot for the power and to catch our attention. And that gets our attention, right? If he said, well, we sat around and like we fed four people, we were like going, yeah. <laughs> a miracle happened. We would call it a miracle. Something that took place that we could not imagine, this huge crowd was fed from small amount of visible food. Now, there are those who, have, who will say that the loaves and fishes were just a symbol Jesus used to expand the consciousness of the crowd. And what really happened was that everyone who had food with them shared it, and it was enough. I don't know, is that blasphemous? I don't know. The thing is, is there's no details as to where that food actually came from. There's no story of the, of the food falling out of the sky or just appearing. And from my perspective, whether the food manifested out of the thin air or it was that people shared their food is really beside the point. The real point is that Jesus' consciousness and actions opened the channel. That's the real point. Food poured forth. Other people may well have been the channels for the food. And so... I lost my place, I love it. <laughs> you know, most of us can tell a story about how something came into our lives or how a situation was solved in the most unexpected way, right? You know, saying that we all have little miracle stories. 
But when we realize that the light source is always active, the atoms are always active, the flow is constant and manifests in, any way, in many ways, the channels through which we give and receive, because we have to have both going, they're infinite. Those channels are infinite. Walmart and Costco are channels. They don't make the stuff, they just put it where we can get to it. And they're not the only place to find shampoo and apples. <laughs> Our supply is constantly streaming. The stores are an eddy in the stream of supply. Other people are little eddies in the stream of supply. We're eddies in our own stream. We're our own channels. We're on, we are channels for our good as well as for others. We are not solitary instruments for everything in our own lives. Let me say that again. We are not solitary instruments for everything in our own lives. Prosperity is a condition brought on by certain ideas that rule the consciousness. Now, last week I talked about deservability and how we only manifest what we think we deserve. And you know, there's a really good example. There's so many stories of lottery winners, people who've won the lottery, and within a year or two, their lives are all but ruined. They're broke. Have you heard those stories? Why? Why does that happen? I think it's because a person who's used to living on very limited funds, and interestingly, a lot of the people who win the lottery are, they may have that consciousness to attract that huge amount of money, but not ne necessarily the consciousness to be ready to integrate it into a whole new way of being, because that's a huge, huge jump. They're overwhelmed. And of course, they get overwhelmed by all the people around them who want, want them to help. But they, they have a lack mentality that stays with them, and eventually that takes over again. And maybe they don't think they deserve it. And so I often wonder if someone sat down with some of these winners and taught them some truth principles, if things would turn out better for them. And I don't say that because I think we have, have all the answers or that we're any better than they are, but we do have some coping techniques that they might not have. It'd be interesting to, you know, find somebody and go, can I teach you some stuff? <laughs> We're all conditioned to think about material wealth in a certain way from our families and then, of course, our life experiences. And so it takes a lot of work to shift our thinking to believe that we can and that we deserve to have all that we need and all that we want in life. The other day, someone said, let's envision a million dollars for Spiritual Life Center. And I said, a million dollars has lost meaning for me. And it's not because I have all of that, but it's because a million dollars has become a buzzword in my head. It's just so easy to say, you know? And so now it just kind of goes past me. And also it's such a smooth round number. It just doesn't catch my consciousness. I said, now 750,000, I can wrap my brain around that. My, I, don't ask me why, but you know, that I could like, okay, I can work with that. And then if I work on the other 350,000, we still get up to a million. <laughs> it's the way my mind works, you know, and for you, it would be the way your mind works. We have to start where we are. 
I, you know, I, if, if I'm going to be visualized something, then I've got to start where I am, and you would need to start where you are. We all have different starting points because we're all in different places. But then we build up our consciousness, and it's through a practice that might look something like this. So you start with the original idea, and it might be an idea that's really big, and you're not even sure it would work. But then you ask, and you ask anyway, and asking is a requirement. You cannot skip this step. If you skip this step, just don't even do this because you have to ask. Now, if it seems too big, knock it down to something you could grasp, like my, my example with the million dollars. And then find your baseline. Where are you kind of comfortable? And then escalate it all the way up to absolutely crazy. <laughs> Crazier than you could even imagine, just crazy. And then, and obviously you're not doing all this one, okay? And then take it back down as low as you can. Imagine it, the lowest, in fact, such a low idea that I wouldn't even really want that, that's so low. And then bring your idea, your vision back to where you're stretching a little, but it's not beyond your comprehension. Now, look what, if you do that exercise, you've discovered a lot. You've discovered your what? and you've discovered your worth. Now, let go of the how. Your job is to discover your what. Your job is to discover your worth. How is the work of the light stream of atoms. How is the work of universal intelligence. And by the way, so is when. <laughs> yeah, I know. When you have fully imagined your what and your worth and asked for it, as Jesus did with the loaves and fish, give thanks and then release it. How and when are really none of your business. Jesus didn't worry about the how. He simply did his part. Jesus was the channel, not the answer. The people were the channels not the answer. The answer was the food, the nourishment. And that came through in, in ways that are not really explained in the story, but when you really think about it, and you can imagine what was going on. You know, I'm sure that we, you know, we do have all of those stories about miracles. And we, um, we, we tell them to ourselves like they are miracles, but when we really stop and think about it, it's like, okay, my, my consciousness must be in, in a really good place for that to happen. You know, we always have that saying, well, when one door, when, when one door closes, another door opens, and then someone will say, yeah, well, that door slammed too. But the thing is, is that it might not be another door. It might be a window. Or it might be that all the other doors are boarded up and half the windows are too, and then there's this one little trap door that you can get out of. Or maybe, maybe a wall falls down. Or maybe you realize that you're just totally in the wrong room. We may as well take the analogy to the ridiculous. So, you know, you, there's always another way. There's always another channel. We are the channels for the good of God to come into life. We are never the source. There is no one person who is the source of everything. And also please remember, and this is important, that how you see someone is a reflection of whether you see them as a big or a small channel. 
Well, there was a story I heard when I lived in Salt Lake City, and I don't know if it actually happens. I heard after the first service that this has happened. So it's happened in real life somewhere. In Salt Lake City, there were two Cadillac dealers. And this was the 1980s, and so a very casually dressed man walked into one of the dealers. And he asked to test drive a specific car. And the salesman looked at the guy, and he said, no, we only let people who can afford our cars to test drive them. And so the man got in his car, and he drove across town and paid cash for the same car at the other dealer. Our channels are infinite. And unlike cable TV, there's always something for us. <laughs> there's always something actually deserving our attention. Our job is to be open to all the various and possibly crazy ways our abundance come to us. Do you really care if you found that new house on the internet or by word of mouth? Does it really matter? Do you care? Do we really care how that pallet of gingerbread got to Costco? Resign as manager of the universe. <laughs> I got that out of the abundance book. He says, resign as manager of the universe, become an employee. I changed it to resign as manager of the universe, become an agent of the divine stream for others and for yourself. Being an agent is more cooler than being an employee, right? <laughs> Envision, decide, ask, pray, be grateful, open, surf the channels, accept. These steps will help you remember who you are. And when you remember who and what you are, your abundance will blossom in ways that you just cannot. Imagine. So it is. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Time.